0: You are listening to episode 46 of The STEM Space, an interview with Dr. Lagoudis. She is a bioengineer who currently works at the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy in Washington, DC. She also happens to be my little sister. This is the audio recording of when she joined the Space Club Career Chats, a weekly broadcast on our YouTube channel. We bring in STEM professionals to share their stories for elementary and middle school students. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Claire and I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Hello, Space Club students. I'm excited to have you back for another Space Club Career Chat. Once again, I am Natasha, part of your Space Club Mission Control, and we are almost at the end of the semester, at the end of the year. Hang in there. I've seen some really incredible designs, which we'll do show at the end, and of course we'll have the raffle prize, but I've seen rovers, I've seen some spacesuits, I know some are almost at the last mission of designing a lunar base, so I just want to say great work, hang in there, only a few weeks to go. But let's get to our special guest today for our weekly broadcast. Today, we have Dr. Georgia Lagutas, who currently works at the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy in Washington, D.C. She went from space nerd in high school to a bio geek in college to now a science policy wonk. Georgia completed her Ph.D. in bioengineering at MIT, building tools to detect harmful bacteria that you might find in hospitals. She then worked in the U.S. Senate, helping write bills to improve our air quality and respond to the COVID pandemic. Now she's at the White House, leading efforts to create a biotech ecosystem that can grow to produce new jobs, new sustainable products, and attract smart students. Georgia loves biking and running around D.C., but sometimes misses the Texas heat. All right, let me bring her on. Welcome, Georgia. How are you doing?
1: Hello. Doing
0: great. Well, thanks for joining our weekly Space Club Career Chat. And to kick things off, last week I asked students to submit a Space Themed riddle. So I'm going to ask you a riddle. Don't think too hard about this. They're meant to be silly. So, one is what is an astronaut's favorite key on the keyboard?
1: The space bar.
0: The space key. See, not that bad.
1: <laughs> All right, I got
0: another one for you. What did the doctor say to the rocket ship? I don't know. Any thoughts? Take off. Take off. It's time to get your booster shot.
1: Very good. Right.
0: All right, well, let me pull up your presentation. So where exactly are you right now?
1: What city? So I'm currently in Washington, DC, all the way up um, on the East Coast. And I'm in the office right now. We're back in the office. And I'll show some photos in my slideshow. But yeah, I'm the I'm in this building that you can kind of see behind me. Yeah which I'm in the courtyard. You can see the courtyard of this building, which is right next to the White House in downtown DC. Wow, so cool. All
0: right, well, I had a bunch of questions from the students, but first we wanna hear your story a little bit about what you do. So I'm gonna share your slides right now and I will be back whenever you're done.
1: Great. Thanks, Natasha. Well, excited to be here today and talk with all of you. I wanted to share a little bit about my career path in science policy and how, as Natasha described, I started as a science nerd and ended up here in D.C. working on policy. So on the next slide, I wanted to show a few photos of where I'm at and what I currently do in my work. So I work at the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy Um, and I'll start with where this is. As Natasha said, we're in DC and this photo shows the building that I'm currently in. Um, This is the Eisenhower Executive Office Building and if you look in this photo on the far left, there's a small white building and that's the White House. So we're just right next to the White House and behind that you can also see the Washington Monument. So we're right in downtown DC. It's a really cool place to work and The office, well, I'm not physically at the White House. We work for the White House office, which means we work for the president and work on science policy related to that. And to describe a little more where that is, on the right side, you can see a photo with the three branches of government, which maybe you remember from one of your classes. There's the legislative branch where you write laws. There's the far right, the judicial branch, which are courts. And then the middle one is the executive branch. And that's where I'm at. And that's where the president is. And right reporting to the president is a group called the cabinet, which is 25 of the most important members across government. And if you click once more, Natasha, you'll see the circle. And that is a member of the cabinet. That's my boss. That's Eric Lander. So I report to him and he is a member of the cabinet. So this photo shows all 25 cabinet members with President Biden there. And so what our office does is we work on how does science influence the world around us and how do we help shape that as scientists and be really thoughtful about policy? So on the next slide, to tell you a little bit about what I do, my title is Senior Advisor for Biotechnology and Bioeconomy. And in this office, we have a lot of different scientists with really different backgrounds and a lot of them in science and engineering. And we work on announcing priorities from President Biden and enacting them across the United States. So one is related to pandemic preparedness. So we've all you know, we know what pandemics are now, and we know how important science is to developing new vaccines and new treatments. And our office is helping lead some of those efforts. And another topic you've heard about is the climate crisis and climate change, and science is really important to figure out actually, how much is the climate changing, and then what are new technologies to defend against that. So, with one more click, we can see a few of these things that I work on in my job. So I talked about pandemic preparedness. An example that we're working on right now is how do we faster detect when a new virus comes out, whether it's in the United States or in China or India or Brazil. And our goal is in 100 days, can we build a new vaccine for a new, totally brand new virus? A second category I mentioned is the climate crisis. And one example we're working on is sustainable foods. I don't know how many of you have heard about, as an example, beyond meat or Impossible Burger or new types of creating food that we can do in a more sustainable way, where we have much smaller footprint, water and land. And the third thing I'll mention that since many of you are in Space Club and think about space, some of my colleagues in the office think about space. And I just wanted to throw out there an example of something we could be thinking about is How are bacteria, how does biology in space interact? And it's bacteria really important for our bodies and how we live. And right now, some people are studying of how do we keep the healthy bacteria in our bodies in space and then keep away the harmful bacteria. So those are a few examples. And then I wanted to share a little bit about my backstory and history. So I grew up in Texas in College Station and really enjoyed growing up there and exploring the pine trees and the rolling lanes. And then I went to Rice University for my undergrad degree in bioengineering. And Rice is in Houston, Texas. Amazing campus and it was so much fun uh, to be in Houston for four years. And then I decided to uproot and go all the way over to Massachusetts for graduate school as a PhD student in bioengineering. And then if you click once more, I'll show you some photos of what my graduate experience was like. Bioengineering, a lot has to do with doing experiments and mixing chemicals together and taking samples of bacteria and then studying them to figure out something. So this is a photo of an example of what my lab would look like. I'd be wearing a lab coat. I'd have gloves on. I'd be mixing together samples. And it's really cool. Biology is really fun because it's very, really hands-on. And some of the things that you might need if you're interested in a career in policy, which has been phenomenal, a lot of scientists and engineers are really needed and really important. It's important to have curiosity and ask questions. For me, graduate school and graduate training was really important because it helped me develop how to think about really hard questions. And then you want to be interested in working on teams. A lot of my work is working with teams. And I worked on a few other companies, biotech and in the U.S. Congress before coming here. And then lastly, I wanted to share a little bit about outside of work. So I don't just work in the office, um, but I also like to go out and have fun. And Natasha mentioned that I like to run and bike, but I also really like to do hiking. So I thought I'd share a few photos. Photo on the left is me out in Wyoming in May at a really wintry course, hiking and climbing a lot of mountains out there. And there's a photo with tents showing some of the tents that we slept on um, that actually didn't have bottoms. We were just sleeping on the snow, which was kind of crazy. Given that I grew up in Texas and didn't really know how to handle snow for a long time. And then the far photo on the right shows me at some more mountains, and this is in Switzerland. And just wanted to share this I love climbing mountains and traveling, and also being a scientist lets me go on trips. So this was a trip that I did because of a science project. And on the bottom, I wanted to show that I really like to do cooking and baking too. These are some backcountry cinnamon rolls while I was out hiking. And then on the far right, I actually really like the intersection of food and biology. And so this jar of ooey gooey stuff called a sourdough starter, which is a mix of bacteria and yeast that gives sourdough its really cool, flavorful punch. So I actually bake my own bread at home with the starter. So that's a little bit about me. All
0: right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and some of those great epic photos. One question that I had while you were talking, you mentioned bioengineering and also bioscience and being a scientist. Can you explain to the students maybe what the difference is between science and engineering or if there is an overlap? Because they always hear about, I'm going to be a scientist, I'm going to be an engineer. But I think it's a little bit more confusing than just two categories.
1: Yeah, it's, it is confusing sometimes, especially when you step away from the lab, like building things, when people say, oh, are you a scientist or engineer? Maybe it doesn't matter. They don't think about the difference in policy. There is a difference when you're doing work and working in a lab. As an engineer, as a bioengineer, I was building tools to help us develop a new medical device or get samples faster and screen samples in a hospital from bacteria. And was building these new tools to figure out how do I answer more types of questions that I want want to ask in biology. And some of my colleagues are trained as scientists. And science is, as a scientist, you mostly think about the scientific questions. So I want to know in these cells in a plant which cells grow faster than the others. Or why do some use energy from the sun to develop, but, you know, my cells don't use energy from the sun? So these are like some of the basic science questions. So often when we work with engineers, it's a lot about the application and building tools.
0: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So when you're talking about tools, you mean tools that are used to advance our scientific knowledge. And so you have both hats on because you're trying to be an engineer to design, use the engineering design process that kids are familiar with answer scientific questions. So I think that's a really cool perspective.
1: And I'll share one other thing too, which is really hard for some people, like I interact with politicians sometimes and they understand, sure, I know why I should develop a new cancer treatment or why we should build prosthetic arms or why we should have better x-rays. Like they understand why we need those tools, but sometimes they don't know, but wait, why do we need to have some basic science research? Like why do we need to have someone tinkering in a lab learning about cells and learning how they function and i have to explain to them it's really really important to have just people with curiosity and an open mind which is what scientists are doing that more open-ended question and also it's important to have engineers that apply those skills to develop an application
0: and also when you're going after just questions you don't know what the answer is going to be that process often leads to applications you never would have imagined right exactly and so both are important. Okay, so I'm going to ask some questions now from the students. First one I have is from Sophia in Illinois. What is the favorite part of your job? And you do so much cool stuff. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like how do you even answer this?
1: <laughs> yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I think right now the favorite part of my job, because it's still I'm I've only been here for a few months, it's still really new. I think is actually coming into the building each day and seeing the team of people that I get to interact with, and also walking down the halls and then bumping into some people that work at the White House and are so smart and are so talented and are so excited to work on projects for our country. You know, there was someone, I was in the bathroom washing my hands, and I noticed the woman next to me leads like all of the environmental and air quality work under President Biden. Or down the hall, someone else who thinks a lot about our national security and all these like really cool, important security topics. So I think for me, that's the most.
0: Do you ever get intimidated whenever you're meeting all these people?
1: Definitely. Um, you know, inside, I feel like I'm, you know, in high school or a still a really young scientist or engineer, but um you there's so many layers, you know, after many years, you develop a skill set. And so coming here, it's hard to see really smart people and show confidence. But that's also something that sometimes we don't learn about in much as scientists or in school, but you should be really confident about yourself, because everyone has great questions. And even if it seems like a dumb question, or I walk into a room, and I don't understand a topic by asking those kinds of questions, everyone around me learns.
0: Yeah. And I think that's an important message for the students because they, they see people like you and some of our other guests, you know, we've had NASA engineers and astronauts and they're like, oh my gosh, like that's not achievable. Like, how can I do that? And, And I think the message is we're all people, like we all start from somewhere and we heard your story and other people's that it just takes hard work, perseverance, and you just keep moving forward. But what other advice do you have for students that maybe are just intimidated by, like, they want to be a scientist, they want to be an engineer, or even an astronaut, but they just don't think they can do it?
1: I think, yeah, I, I would say believe in yourself. And what Natasha said is true, is that hard work and motivation can take you really, really, really far. Um, and so many of the people around me, that's that's what led them to where they are here. And I think that's what led me. This This is basically my dream job. And if you had asked me five years ago, if I would ever be working at this White House office, I would have laughed you out of the room. No way. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm like, you know, in a lab mixing chemicals together, because I like to learn about some biology questions. But then over the next four years or so, I had, I asked questions, and I met people and asked about their jobs and why they like doing their jobs. And through those connections, they're like, Oh, you ask good questions. Like, I want to Put you in touch with someone else, and being able to talk with others—that was what gave me those opportunities. And I'll say something too: like you, any of you can work. It it is it is your own mental block um, that will prevent you from having a dream. Uh, Many people that I worked with—I worked in the U.S. Congress for a year, and there were many, many interns that worked there. And the interns come from across the United States, from Texas and California and other places. And many of them had a dream to come work in Congress, and they emailed and called and found a way to get there. And now they're working in DC. So this is to say that you can, you shouldn't you shouldn't feel scared about having a dream and going after it, and then finding the right people to talk with that can help put you in the right direction.
0: Yeah, great advice. Okay, I have another question. Let me see. Okay, I know this is kind of a hard one. Who is the coolest person you have met or worked with, Arlindale in Texas?
1: This one's tough because there've been some really cool people So how about just pick one? (laughs) I will say I really enjoyed working. I'll share a story. So I worked in Senator Markey's office. He's the senator from Massachusetts. And he was my boss for a year, which was really cool to see what the life of a senator is like. And one time, uh, by working with him, we were inviting Jane Fonda over, who's uh, a movie star and famous all-around awesome person. And we got in with her, I was escorting her to a meeting that she was having with Senator Markey and Senator Ted Cruz from Texas also happened to be in the elevator on our way over to the meeting. So I was in, in this elevator with these three other people saying, wow, like my life is so interesting um, yeah. working in Congress. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah.
0: I would have just imagined if I had your job, just always trying to like, oh, who is that? Wait, how do I know that? Like always having to kind of study up on people and-
1: Wow. that's cool. Yeah. When we first, um, when I first started working in the Senate, they gave all of us a stack of flashcards, So just oh. like you're used to flashcards and you know, your biology or chemistry class. I got a stack of flashcards with all of the senators, the U S senators, the 100 of them. Um, and that was my homework for the first week. That's smart. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Cause I'm sure they get offended if you don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is one about perseverance that you kind of talked about. So, Nor from Illinois wants to know, do you ever get super frustrated that you want to stop and give up? And perhaps a second part is, how do you keep moving forward?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel frustrated. And it comes in waves and it comes on different topics. It might be like as as an engineer developing tools as a grad student. There were many times and I was like, this is really hard. And I would be going home at midnight. And all of my experiments failed that day. Mm. And the thing that kept me going in in grad school was that I was really excited about the science project. I thought it was a really important question. We were learning about how do you detect bad bacteria in a hospital and how do you detect them faster? And I thought it was really cool that I could, this work could eventually help people be healthier and get out of a hospital without having an infection. So one is just like remembering the big picture and remembering why you're motivated. And then I also like when things don't work or you have you know, someone that says, no, don't work on this project when I was really excited to work on something. But uh, in the end, the thing that keeps me going is often the, the people around me. So something that's really fun about science policy is that I'm always working in a team of people. And so if I get frustrated, I will give, give one of my friends a call in the office or we'll, we'll talk about why it was annoying and then we'll get excited about the next thing together. So I feel like the team around you um, is really important. You, you vent just like regular
0: people. <laughs> I do, yeah, yeah. Just let it out and then move forward, keep the big, bigger picture in mind. I think that's good advice. Okay, so I'm gonna end, hmm, let me pick this one, cause I am curious to this answer. <laughs> so this is Team Apollo in California. Where do you see
1: yourself in five years Mm, good question, Team Apollo. Um, the the short answer is I'm not sure because, like I said, five years ago, if you told me I'd be here, I would have said no way. But I can dream, right? And I told you all of you should dream, and it's important to dream because secretly I had this dream to be at the White House, and it came true because I had it in my mind and thought about it, and you know, in my day to day. It was what was in the back of my mind is saying it'd be really cool to work here. And now I'm here. Um, So I have to set myself a new dream of where I want to work in five years. Um, Well, I'd like to stay here for a few years, but in a few more years, like five to 10 years, I think I would be really excited to be the head of a biotech company. I really like thinking about the policy and writing policy and saying, how do we plan for preventing a future pandemic? Or how do we get out of the climate crisis? But I also really like working with scientists, developing new tools and technology, working with scientists and engineers. And so I think the experience I can get here would set me up well to to lead a biotech company in a couple of years. So that's another dream I have.
0: Yeah, and I wanna comment here about our previous guest speaker. He was a research scientist at Southwest Research in San Antonio, Dr. Gomez. And he had this dream to be a planetary scientist and he got his dream job and he is doing it like he has dedicated his career to like 30, 40 plus years. That's what he wants to do. So he's been doing it now, I think for five, six years. And when I asked him this question, he was like, I'm going to be right here doing this, calibrating equipment, discovering the next, you know, whatever planet, asteroid. And so I think it's important for students to know that you can be like him and have one path that you want to stick with, or like you, where you kind of changed it up right you do a little bit of this some you know industry work some research work policy work So you don't have to be stuck in this one path and often we ask students what do you want to be when you grow up i don't think you need to ask that to kids anymore because it's kind of stifling right what do you think
1: yeah i i completely agree because then it feels like there's so much pressure in high school it's like ah what do i want to what should I major in when I'm in college or at the end of college? Like what should be that one job that I'm going to follow? And it was so, it felt like so much pressure and it made me confused because I wasn't like some other people that would say, Oh, I want to be a doctor. That's like the one thing I want to do. I didn't feel that inside. Like I had many things I was interested in. Um, And so I completely agree that it's good to have dreams of one or two or three different types of work that you want to do, but you can also just, think about impact of, you know, it could be that I want to be a scientist working on new, developing new drugs, but it could also just be that I want to make my society, I want to make people a little healthier and get them a little faster out of the hospital, or I want to work on new ways to develop energy um, that don't come from oil and gas. And so you can, you can have many different types of dreams. And I think I am an example of, someone who has tried many different things. And I think I'll keep doing that because uh, it's been so much fun. I love it.
0: Okay, so that's the end of our space club career chat. And I wanna close here reflecting back on where we were just talking about following your dream. Don't feel like you need to be stifled in like one career path. And Georgia, one thing that the students do is find their spark. So their first week of space club, They figure out, what am I passionate about? Video game, basketball, whatever it is, gardening, hiking like you showed, cooking. And I challenge them to think, okay, take that spark. And now what problem do you want to solve? And so that way they kind of take what they're passionate about, but think about it in a broader way, not just what job do you want, but like what problem would be interesting? So my question here is, as a kid, what interests did you have? And did those relate? Did you end up doing what you thought you were going to do?
1: Hmm, yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, one thing I was interested in was space. I went to space camp in middle school, and that was my first trip ever leaving the house at 12. And I had so much fun. Um, and I just like couldn't understand that it was someone's job to do this. Like Someone would get paid to be an astronaut or like build space rockets. And I think that made me really interested in in people. And as I got a little bit older, I I really liked the idea of bodies and like how do bodies move and why are we made up of all these cells and like why can we regrow things? Why do we heal after we get a cut? Um, and so I think the idea of like solving, exploring new types of things, which is kind of like the astronaut, you know, go to a new part yeah. of space or go to a new planet with also like, what are the cool things that biology can do and how do we learn more about them? I think those combined made me really excited about this bioengineering path and eventually um, policy because I wanted to know what are the new areas we can explore? Like right now, one of the things that I'm working on is just dreaming of if biology in the next 10 or 20 years, like what are the new things biology might do for us and how do we anticipate them And then start thinking about how they're going to have an impact in the world around us Um, so i find that really fun
0: and i think that's important for students to hear you didn't know exactly what you wanted to do and you had lots of different interests like you mentioned space and you probably had no idea what policy was as a 12 13 year old and so it's okay you know for those students listening if you're just obsessed with video games right now just go for it like keep learning do well in school and you're you're gonna figure it out so a lot of our previous speakers have been all about the passion find your passion follow your dreams um, but i think that can be intimidating for kids that maybe don't know what they like or don't know what they don't know right right and so
1: that's important. right and part of that is that if you follow like if you're really excited about basketball or if you're really into um, video games or if you really like graphic design or using computers Digging into that interest or hobby th- helps you learn new skills, and suddenly you learn how to design a mini video game, or you coordinate you know, with your teammates basketball um, games, and then doing that helps you learn new skills, and then might take you to the next step. And that's basically what my career and life has been about, which is I get excited about something, and I get into it, and then I learn some new skills that then helps me move to the next thing.
0: Perfect. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Georgia, for joining us. And students, uh, good luck with your projects this week, and we will see you next week for another Space Club for your chat. Bye-bye, everyone.